Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Hey friend, welcome back to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Happy New Year. Dare I say, I cannot believe that it's 2024. Where has time gone? And I know it turns into a new year every 12 months. We should be used to this by now. But I think every January, I always take a moment to pause and reflect and think about what I want in the next 12 months. A year from now, what do I want to say that I accomplished? And there have been years where I have thought, I want to be a business owner. And another year goes by and another year goes by and I didn't follow through on my dream. And so finally, one year that happened, that's a different podcast for a different time and place. But if you are having that whisper within yourself that you're like, this is the year I want to start my business. This is the year I want to work for myself. This is a year that I want to do purposeful work with intentions that are all about helping other people with the skills that I'm really good at this is your year. Let me help you get there with my free business action guide. Go to hollynoel.com slash free and you can start your business in six simple steps. This guide will help you be efficient and help you zero in on exactly what you need to get started and to firm up your idea. I will save you time, endless Googling, second guessing, just get started all for free in six steps hollynoel.com slash free. Start your business in six steps. So let's move to today's podcast, today's episode. I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, Imbal Claudio. Imbal and I have known each other since about 2015 when I lived in Southern California. We met at a gym. We'll get into that in the episode, but she's on the podcast today to really talk about building a community. So whether you want to build a community or find a community of like-minded people, that is what you can take away from today's podcast. But let me first tell you a little bit about Inbal. Inbal is a mom of three, a wife, and a three-time entrepreneur that currently resides in Southern California. As a candle maker turned tech founder turned community builder, Inbal's passion for empowering women entrepreneurs has led her to create Like-Minded Collective, which is a social media platform for dreamers, creators, and female founders that has over 3,000 members. Inbal's most recent venture, Like-Minded Consulting, helps brands, businesses, and individuals build communities within their company to unlock the power of customer engagement for sustainable growth. Inbal's mission is to make sure every single female founder, no matter what stage of business they're in, know how incredible they are and and she wants to make sure they have the support they need. And Inbal will tell you exactly how she does all of this in this episode and much more. So grab your notebook. Honestly, like I myself was taking notes during this episode. She does some teaching, some storytelling, some inspiration. This episode has it all. So grab your notebook. You'll probably want to jot down a few of her ideas and actions. I know I did. And sit back and relax. Enjoy the episode. And thank you so much for being here. Welcome in ball to this episode of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I am thrilled to have you here today and welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much, Holly. I am like, I love that we're having this conversation after being in each other's lives for so long in a different capacity. So this is so fun. <laughs> totally. I Before we were recording today, I, I always just think about like, I visualize like, how do I want this episode to go? Like, what do I want people to take away? What, like, what is our history? I always think of my guest and I's history and like, how do I know my, my guest? So for the listeners out there, Inbal and I go back to, I think it's like 2015 when we were both living, you know, I was, right. you're still there, but I was living in Orange County at the time. And we joined this like awesome gym called work. And it was very, it was a great community. And it, we met a lot of like everyone at the gym. We really bonded over the hard workouts. And I think community was just really encouraged. The owners of the gym encouraged us to get to know each other. We, it was very social. And so that's how we met and just like through a lot of sweat. <laughs> and struggle and, you know, just chatting before and after class. So I've super enjoyed watching your journey since then, you know, over the past eight plus years, as I think at the time you were working for a company and now you're like a full-blown entrepreneur, highly successful. You've built a lot of incredible things, including some great projects around community building itself. So that's a great segue. Why don't you tell us about who you are, what you've accomplish what you were working on? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. So I am uh, um, originally from Israel, but yes, I grew up mostly in, Nor in uh, Orange County. And then my husband and I moved to North Carolina for about four years. He was um, a special operator in the Marine Corps. And two years ago, we came back to Orange County. So very grateful to be back. Um, I, uh, you know, did the whole work thing since I was 16 years old and I just loved it so much. I remember always going in, always asking for like more hours, always putting everything that I possibly could into my job. And then when I turned 21 and moved into the restaurant industry and I found myself doing that more, wanting to put on events, trying to bring more people in, trying to build a community. And it got shut down so many times, left and right. And people didn't want to spend money and the bosses were more money oriented as opposed to like community and business. So it was really difficult. And you know, fast forward a few years, I just realized like, hey, I can't work for somebody who doesn't want to see their business grow. They just think it's going to grow naturally because of the economy. And two of the companies, the bars and restaurants that I worked for shut down when the economy crashed. So it wasn't sustainable because they didn't have that. And so I realized, you know, I think maybe 10 years ago now that I wanted to work for myself. And it started off in real estate. I had my own real estate brokerage firm and did that part-time while having a full-time job. And then seven years ago, I started a candle company and my husband and I moved to North Carolina and that was going really well in person shows and events. And my first daughter was born and I had to kind of pivot and I had no idea how to do that. I didn't have entrepreneur friends. I like joined Facebook group, but was not allowed to talk about my business. I wanted to join communities, but they were so expensive. And I just realized there had to be a place for women entrepreneurs who are just starting out to feel welcomed and not to be looked at like a dollar sign. So that's when I started to think about the community that I have now, the social networking platforms called Like Minded Collective. It took me about two and a half years to build out, but we launched just over a year and a half ago now. And we just passed 2,300 members. So that's where I'm at. That's where I am today. And it's been such a ride. 
Congratulations. That is incredible. Like, obviously you were going to start this platform going from a restaurant to this. No, there was so much that happened. So going from restaurants to real estate, to your candle company, which I am the proud owner of a couple of your candles. They're beautiful, okay. amazing, smell incredible. And to like being a tech entrepreneur and starting your own community platform. So there's a, one thing that I think really stood out to me, and I experienced this as a business owner all the time. And you said this to me when we last chatted, maybe a month ago, and uh, you, you said something about how we're, we as business owners are looked at as dollar signs. And I, that just really hit home for me. And you know, I always want to support other business owners and I know you have to spend some money to make money. And, you know, it's, it's a, it, money goes for full circle, but can you tell us more about what you mean by that looked at by a dollar sign and what's been your experience? And then what, why, why did you create what you created specifically? Yeah, I could talk about this all day. Everybody is, feels like, right. A coach of some sort. And everybody is told by their coaches, charge what you're worth, which I completely agree with. However, there's a way to go about doing that and to get people in your world the right way and to pay for your services the right way. What I experienced when I was first starting out was people who cold DM me and asking me to you know, join their membership, buy their course, join their mastermind. And it was like, they don't even know me. They don't know my business. They don't know what I want to do. They don't even know if I'm a good fit to work with them, right? Because not everybody meshes. And it just felt so just icky for me. And I would try to find these influencer marketing platforms to connect with some influencers for my candle company. And they were charging like $500. And they were just harassing me on email, you know, like sign up for this, sign up for this, sign up for this. And I hated it. I really didn't like it. And even just trying to make friends with other women who were entrepreneurs, like getting on calls, it always felt like they were trying to sell me something. So I got this feeling that every time a DM came in, I was like, oh God, what are they going to sell me? Right. If it's like a, hi, how are you? Or, hey, I see that you're doing this. Exactly. Exactly. You know the feeling because everybody gets hit with those, you know? And it's like, there goes the trust in our industry as well. How the heck are we supposed to build trust with people who actually do have genuine intentions yes. when there's people out there cold DMing and, and it just, to your point, that's where the ick and the sliminess comes in. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. I there feel was, very strong um, about this too. Yeah. There was a, so two women in my community, both absolutely incredible. One was, her name is Maddie and she was posting about like health stuff on her Instagram. And this other girl, Kim, this other woman messaged her on Instagram. And she was like, Hey Maddie, like I see this, I would love to just like chat with you and be a sounding board for you. And she's like, Maddie initially was like, I just, I can't afford to like hire anybody. And Kim was like, I don't want, I'm not charging you. I just really want to be here as a friend. And Maddie told me that. And she's like, I felt like such an idiot because I knew that if she was coming from like-minded collective, then she had like good intentions, but you're so like used to that where somebody reaches out pretending in quotes to be genuine and they're just trying to get you to buy their services. So that's what I saw so much of. And even now, you know, I am to blame for this too. This guy, I got connected with this guy from a UX designer who I love and have hired. And he was like, Hey, I want you to connect with this guy. He has a great platform, you know? And so he messaged me and he's like, Hey, I would love to get on a 15 minute call just to like talk to you about my platform. And I'm like, 
I'm not looking to invest. Like I had my guard up right away. And he's like, I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to sell you anything. I just want some market research. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. And now we're friends. (laughs) He's Mm -hmm. a great guy. He has a great platform. I've helped him with some stuff. And I'm just like, I get in my head about this all the time where that's how I'm ingrained, right? Where now somebody reaches out, wants to get on a call. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, 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 thank you. So that's how it is. And I've heard a lot of situations like that, especially people that have joined like-minded collective and they say, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars with the wrong coaches and mm. I hate when that happens, you know, because oh. they just sign with somebody without even looking into them or experiencing the, their coaching structure because that coach was not a good fit, but they didn't even care to talk to them further. They just wanted their money. So that's kind of what I say, you know, what I mean when I say I was looked at as a dollar sign. I couldn't even make entrepreneur friends without feeling like they didn't really want to be my friends. I couldn't give them free advice. They'd give me free advice. We'd like vent. Like there was nothing like that. It was just transactional. And I didn't like that at all. So one word that just seems like a common theme over what you just said is organic. Like organic relationships relationships where you genuinely want to help each other, where you genuinely are a good fit energetically and just, you know, the vibes are on the same page versus getting the random DMs of some person that's like, I get them all the time for my podcast. Like people are always saying like some cold email, like, would you like so-and-so to be in my podcast? And the person they're recommending, it's like so obvious. You don't even know what my podcast is about because they're so not a fit. And, and it's just, it's not good for anyone, right? It's not, it's just, it's not a good use of time for anyone. And so I love that you created this community with purpose. And so tell me about how you, what is the like-minded community? What is your culture? Like what exactly, tell us more about it, but just, let's just unpack it a little bit more. Like, what is it? Yeah. So like-minded collective is a social networking platform. Did I say like-minded community? Oh, I think she said collective. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's really interchangeable. I hear both and I'm just like, whatever, LMC. We'll just call it LMC. <laughs> similar similar meanings to the words, but yes. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Um, it's only LMC because of like trademark issues. So it could be like-minded community, like-minded collective. It could be whatever. But LMC, so it's a social networking platform for women entrepreneurs. My motto really is where friendship comes first and business comes second. So we have free community. We have free networking opportunities twice a month and also workshops here and there. I really wanted to just provide a place for women to come and connect and like have no rules. You know, something I also experienced in the beginning was like I mentioned, I would join Facebook groups and not allowed to post about my business or had to post about my business in this specific poll on Saturday between one and three. I mean, like it was crazy. So in our community, you can post, you can self-promote. I love it because for me, if you can provide somebody help or assistance with what you're offering, then it's worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I never wanted any woman entrepreneur to feel like she was being silenced in any way. So just the ability to talk about your business, promote yourself. We have workshops and we do introductions before the workshop. So you're given an opportunity to talk about your business there. Um, Just really, that was, that's my motto. That's like a core value for me is just giving women a mic to shout about their business from the rooftops. And 
so many connections are made like that. I have so many stories. So I'll give you another one. <clears throat> yeah. I connected with this girl. She was going to teach a workshop in like Mind Collective. She's amazing. She does in-person events. She lives in Arizona and she does some sort of coaching. I connected with this other girl in Seattle, also does in-person events and some sort of coaching. And she has a podcast. She's awesome. They connected in a networking event. They became like business besties. The three of us and another girl joined forces in a Voxer chat. And we talked for about a year. And then two months ago, they came to Orange County and we rented an Airbnb and we just masterminded in each other's business together for four days. We did a photo shoot together. They and they came into Like Minded Collective and taught two virtual workshops. They came to my in-person event and taught a like we did a panel. It was magic, you know, because they're able to talk about their business. They're able to connect and build those relationships. So it was just so, so, so cool. So yeah. Friendship first, they connected because they were like, we do the same thing. Let's hang out and chat, you know? And now we just, we vent, we talk about life, we talk about business, and it's more of a friendship first mentality. And then obviously business comes second. I love this. I, I, so many things about this. I love, I'm like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be wonderful to have? And I love the part about you didn't want a single woman entrepreneur to be silenced. My God, there's so many ways, like to your point about like Facebook groups and, you know, like other entrepreneurs, other women, other men, whoever trying to silence others out of scarcity and thinking like, oh, they talk about their business. It's going to hurt mine. And I just love that you took that, flipped it on its head and said, no, I am going to allow no rules. I'm going to have no rules, but with the theme of friendship, first business, second, and everyone gets a voice. I, I love that. So when you're, so there's two aspects I I want to cover with you today is one, how to, you know, how to start a community. And then the second aspect is I'm looking for a community. So let's start with the first one. So the scenario you just described with the four of you guys getting together, um, doing this photo shoot, connecting on business for four days in an Airbnb sounds amazing. And you are the person that really is spearheaded your community to, to get this event to even happen. Fast forward. Can you walk us through like kind of your day one of where you had this idea to, to create this community. What were the steps you took to build it? I mean, you had the technology piece and you had the marketing piece. You're at 3000 members. Like clearly this didn't happen overnight. So how did you do it? What, are, what were the steps? Yeah. So it took me two and a half years from idea of Like-Minded Collective to launching Like-Minded Collective. Along those two and a half years, I went through four different developers. I went through eight different launch delays. One of the biggest mistakes I made was hiring a social media agency when I didn't need to. However, I was like, we need to build a social media presence, which is not the right thing to do in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Without even a product. <laughs> However, I did learn one thing. Start to build your community before you even launch anything. And so what I did was I started organically reaching out to people on Instagram, cold DMing, like we said not to do, but it was I wasn't pay, asking them for money. I said, hey, my name is Imbal. I'm starting this free community for women entrepreneurs where friendship comes first and business comes second. I'm hoping to launch in the next year. Would love to add you to my email list. Mm -hmm. So many people said yes. And I tried to find the women who were a good fit, not too many followers, really starting their business off for the ground, like step one. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
whoever said yes, I said, oh, that's amazing. Can I feature you on my Instagram page, which I started from zero. Like I didn't use my personal page. This was a new, new, new Instagram page. So I said, hey, that's awesome. Can I feature you on my Instagram page? And of course they said yes. And so as I'm featuring them, they're reposting. In the meantime, I'm getting information from them. Hey, can you fill out this form? I'd love to hear about your business journey and maybe feature some quotes that can inspire other women entrepreneurs. So I started to do that and I started to feature quotes and I started to send emails with like interviews with female founders. And that's how I started to get an audience because I never once talked about myself, right? I always featured other people. So that's the biggest thing when it comes to community building is you want to put everybody first. You want to put your community members first. Don't even like, you don't come anywhere near that until you've actually built a community that you're ready to like convert them to something paid, you know? But your goal in the beginning is to pour every piece of your soul into your community members. Ask them what you what they want. Ask them what they need. Ask them what's working. Get feedback from them as much as you can. And so that's what I did. So when I launched Like Mind Collective, I had about 125 people joining from like zero. Yep. So that was really cool. So that's kind of what I did in the beginning to answer your question. Amazing. I love this. And all of this was organic you know, it doesn't sound like you went to all these great lengths to hire and pour all this money into finding these 125 people. You you did it with time. Did you have a goal in mind? Like, I know once I have X amount of people that I'm ready to launch, or were you working toward a timeline with your technology piece and just hoping that you have like a good enough number when the tech was ready to go live? Yes, the other one. So I was waiting for my technology to my platform to launch and be ready to go so that I could start incorporating people into it. And that was the best feedback that I got was once I started to launch. And I will say this too, I launched it for myself because I was in the same boat as the women who were joining. I was early stage. I was in a new field and industry that I had no idea what I was doing. And for me, it was awesome because I was learning as I went while being able to incorporate things into the platform and the business model that I needed. So we started once a month, I would bring on a workshop speaker, but I was like, okay, this is not enough. I need more. So that became weekly. So every single week we had a workshop, we had networking events, we had co-working sessions. And then eventually about a year later, we started to taper off to monthly workshops because that's what my community told me. They were like, you have too many events. I can't go and implement. So I was like, okay, let's taper back. Yeah. Let's do monthly of monthly workshops. And I listened to what my community members said and implemented. Yep. And, and their feedback is such a gift. A lot of people are afraid to share. So when they do, like, wow, thank you for telling me. Because sometimes as entrepreneurs or business owners, we're like, does is anyone listening? Does anyone care? How can I make this better? Like, I genuinely want to know you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, please tell me so I can make this better for you. And I love that people felt open enough with you to share that. And you yeah. and you tweaked and pivoted accordingly. Yeah. Well, I made sure at every single event and after I had any sort of conversation with somebody, I always asked for feedback. Yeah. I would also send anonymous forms like post mm-hmm. to my Instagram story or send anonymous forms for people to fill out an email. And I mean, I can like go on so many tangents about this, but I have an ambassador program. So those women who are my ambassadors 
like provide me so much value. They bring in people all the time and they give me so much feedback because not only feedback from themselves, because we're so close, they feel comfortable doing that. They also are able to provide me feedback from people who they talk to. So if they're talking to all these early stage founders and entrepreneurs, like even friends or like connections on LinkedIn or anything like that, they're getting such a different, you know, viewpoint of like-minded collective that they're able to relate to me. So have an ambassador program or an affiliate program with whatever you're doing because they provide so, so, so much value. Love it. Love it. I, I want to go back to something else you said that I'm like, oh yes, so much of this. Feature everyone else. And and you made you made this about your members versus about yourself, even though like admittedly, not selfishly, but you created this because you genuinely wanted to learn and and grow in this area as well. I love that because you're growing, but then you're also creating something for other people that are are growing and want to learn or connect in, in the same way you do. So you're all, you know, right off the bat going to connect with like-minded people, right? Through this. But talk to me a little bit. One of my, I guess one of my pet peeves is when I see coaches out there or, you know, business owners that just, you know, that can't seem to nail their content or get engagement because all they do is talk about themselves. <laughs> so like nothing turns me off faster and is gets an unfollow from you and someone just goes on and on about them. That said, when your business is you, you know, how do you, what do you think that fine balance is between sharing what it is you have to offer and making it about someone else and and how you can help them? How do you balance that? So I'm not a social media professional. However, the word pillars is huge. Mm -hmm. So I really try for like my collective, it's really not about me. It's about the platform and what we offer and what we can provide and about the members. And then we throw in like motivational quotes, you know, just, and they're all community-based to remind people like, we are your community. We are your family. You know, we're your friends. We care about you. We're here to root you on. As far as my personal brand goes, I try to bring it back to community, right? Cause that's my expertise. So, uh, I did like the like-minded OC event that we had last month. There were 25 women. And so I bring it back to how I felt just being around those people and the importance of building community and how I benefited from being in a room full of women like that or facilitating events like that, you know? Yeah. So I don't ever talk about like, I made X amount of money or, you know, I just... I can't do that. That's just not so awkward. Yeah, no, so awkward, you know? And I will tell you this too. I think a lot of people, and this is just my own personal opinion. A lot of people use it as motivation, but for me, it makes me like unmotivated, you know? I'm just like, oh God, like I need X amount of money and I feel so good. And this person is talking about how they made like 10 times that and they're still not happy or you know, they're not showing me how they did that. They're just saying that they did and I have to pay them to learn how to make that money. So I just don't like it for me at all. I kind of like back away from the conversation when it goes that way. 
Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I incorporate features and benefits that I experience mm-hmm. that can help other people, but showcase myself. I did a, like my first in-person workshop was so, so, so cool. And I talk about, you know, I'm proud of myself and that's okay to talk about that and how I'm really happy that I said yes and how I think more people should say yes, you know? Mm-hmm. So I bring it around to a conversation of how women can benefit from saying yes and why I did it. And it's exciting for me. And then the conversation kind of goes from there. Love it. Thank you. That's, yeah. I I want to now turn into, I'm someone, I'm so, I'm a listener and I want to start a community. I, I've been thinking, and, and me as a new, newer community starter myself, for those who are listening, um, as Inbal's speaking, I'm getting all these ideas. I'm like, no, stick to the interview. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm like someone who's like making a list of things I need to go follow up on. Okay, I need ambassadors. Okay, I need... <laughs> but <laughs> I have launched um, two in-person events here in Minneapolis. Our next one is in January. And I created what I wish had existed when I first moved here, which was a group of women that got together once a month that are, you know, professionally, you know, professionally accomplished, whether they have their own business or work for, you know, work for a company. But I wanted to get women together so that we could talk about business and life. And from there, I left it somewhat loosely defined to see like what could develop. And to your earlier point, what do people want? And so I'm starting to learn that as, you know, each event and and through my feedback forms and whatnot. So when I guess if I were a listener, you know, having newly been in this place and I'm still in this place with like, how do I create this community and how do I make it really good and helpful and valuable? What would you just say to the person that is thinking about creating a group, whether it's a knitting group or a business mastermind, what would you say to that person who's just starting and feeling super overwhelmed that there's just so much to do? How would you break it down really simply for them so that they can get a quick win and get their first event just scheduled and up off to the races on that? Just do it. So for me, I was in this situation where I was like, okay, I want to do something. This is, okay. So I just had a baby eight months ago, (laughs) March. And like before he was born in February, I said, okay, my goal is in 2024 to start in-person events for female founders in Orange County. That was my goal. So in June, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll need six months to get this going. This was in my head. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to create a form. I love a good form. Okay. So I'm going to create a form and I'm going to start sharing it places and get people like to fill it out. You know, hopefully I'll get two to five people to fill it out and just to get them on my list for when I launch in 2024. I got, I posted it everywhere on my personal Instagram page, my personal Facebook group page. I individually sent it to people that I knew were entrepreneurs. I had a friend who had a brick and mortar boutique shop. So she was obviously in. I asked her because she does like pop-ups and farmer's markets. I'm like, hey, do you know people who may join? Like, can you give them my form? She gave me their Instagrams too. So I reached out to them. I just put it everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting people. I don't want to wait six months to do this, you know, so like, momentum. Yeah, exactly. Like they're interested. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do something in like October. And then more people signed up. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to do it next month. <laughs> so I did, I did it the following month. And this is what I had a venue. That's it. My friend who had the boutique, 
I had it there and we sold out the first event, which was really, really, really cool. She actually shut down the boutique. And so I've had a couple of events at my community center. I had last month, I actually connected with the co-working space. They sponsored it. In February, I have another co-working space that's sponsoring that. I'm starting conversations with people. So try to like back to your question, what people need is a venue and a date. Okay. That's it. Once you get those two things, then just start to get people's information and make sure that you know what you want to offer. So whether you want wine and conversations or you want networking, for me, I wanted networking, a workshop and some brainstorming to like work through business problems. So that's what I did. Those three things. And so I'm telling people like, Hey, this is what you can expect. This is what we're going to have. And so excited to have you. And so that's kind of what you need in the beginning, but getting people in your world and to pay for an event is the most difficult. So just getting the word out there, showing them the value, get a venue. And even if one person shows up or two people show up, pour into those people as if it was a full room. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 So much yes to that. Not Rather than focusing on who didn't come, focusing on who is there. Yeah. Um, I had that. I, like I said, we sold out the first event. And then yeah. the second one, we had 16 people sign up and only 10 showed up. Then the third event, we had like 25 people. And the fourth mm-hmm. event, we had about 10. And then the fifth event, we had about 27 people. So It's just really interesting because even the dynamic with 10 people, the women who were there got so much value because they were able to brainstorm in a more intimate setting, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's valuable for everybody where you're, where I'm in my head, like, oh my God, there's only 10 people. Like, I hope that they get value. They loved it. So I think sometimes we get in our own heads about situations that Mm -hmm. everybody else is like, oh, this was a great event. And I'm like, yeah, We get in our own heads about how we think something should be and how we think everyone's expecting it to be. And that's not always the case. Um, I can totally relate to um, just going around and being super scrappy about how you get that list of kind of like those first people. When For my event, I literally told everybody about it who I encountered face-to-face who I would want to come to the event, right? Like I live in a wonderful um, community here. The building I live in has like an amazing, like amazing residence. And so half of my, the people that came to my first event were neighbors and and the second event, but they're, they're women. They want, they're in business. One of my really good friends is an ER doctor. Like they don't, you don't necessarily have to work in business, but like want to talk about business or life, but literally like going around and being scrappy and just figuring out every way that you can invite people, even if it's one by one, that's where it all starts because then they tell a friend and they tell a friend and they tell a friend or they come back. And my first event was free because I, I worked with a local wine shop here. I got the wine at cost. It was a very affordable cost. I'm like, this time it's on me. I don't mind. <laughs> and then I used a room here in my in my apartment complex, a beautiful community room that has a beautiful bar and then a lounge and seating area in a rooftop deck that overlooks Mississippi River. I love that. It was free as well. And so, you know, it just like, and I literally didn't have to leave my building. <laughs> I just had to go upstairs. So just finding creative ways, I think, to to just start to your point and to just get something up and running and being scrappy and it doesn't have to be perfect the first time, right? That's you'll I learned so much from that one event. 
And and I think one of the important things from that event is I sat down, I, I did send out a feedback form, but I also sat down myself and did a retrospective on what went well. What did I learn? What would I do differently the next time? Or, or what would I keep doing the next time? And it just took like 10 minutes to myself to just decompress and like get down my own thoughts of it. I, I have a question for you just on like the charging piece. So a lot of people, I think that's that's uncomfortable for people to charge. My second event, I did charge people and I'll fully admit I was uncomfortable doing it, but I, it, it's not within my budget or best interest to continue buying wine for people for, yeah. for the rest of eternity. And I think people also have more skin in the game and are more likely to show up when they've paid. So it's more like, it's good for them. It's good for me. And so just to cover like the costs of, of wine, because I'm not going to get them the wine as as I did for that first event moving forward. So can you tell talk to us just a little bit about like, how do you get over that maybe fear some people might have of charging or knowing what to charge or like, what are your thoughts on that involved? Yeah, so if we talk about, and are we talking about specifically in person? Yes, in-person events. Okay, so or, as far as- online. online. It's so great. yeah, I have a different view of both. So let's talk about in-person since we're talking about that and then we can go back to virtual. It takes a lot to set up an event. For me, it's a lot of emotional, like yeah. it's really emotionally draining. I'm an introvert. Yes. So I put together a charcuterie board. I make sure like everyone throughout the three hours is like engaged and I'm facilitating something for three full hours with like setting up and breakdown, you know? So it's about like four and a half hours. So I wanted to make sure that for me, it made sense to facilitate these and it wasn't too expensive. So for me, like I said, we do networking. I bring in experts to teach workshops or put on a panel. And I'm also providing women the space in the community to brainstorm through their business. So I charge $49 to come to the event. However, the first week that I launched the event, I give people two options. If they came to the event already the previous time, then they get a week to purchase at 30% off. And if they came, if they didn't come to the past event, but they're on my email list, then they get a week to purchase at 20% off. So it gives me that like leeway to charge less or to give a discount. I'm sorry. And some events cost me more money and some cost me less, you know? Mm -hmm. So for example, this one in January, we're doing a vision board workshop. So that's going to cost me a lot more money to get all the vision board stuff. And, you know, but I'm not going to charge them more. This is just collectively what I've been getting from the past events. That's my event budget. So I think you should charge what you think is fair and get feedback from people as well, you know, on the cost. People are always going to want to come for free. But like you said, people have skin in the game if they pay and they're going to show up. I've had people pay $50 and not, and not show, show up. up. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it sucks because mm-hmm. I'm getting sponsors for the event, you know, people to provide free drinks and yep. I'm trying to get them exposure as well without wasting any product. I put together, like I said, a charcuterie board. I don't want food to go to waste. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, having people pay helps, but yep. I would kind of see the value and the time that they're there and just see if it makes sense. It also depends where you are in the country. Mm-hmm. That also has something to do with it. but. 
I would just do some feedback in what feels good for you. This is what, I mean, just anything in general. If you can't say it out loud, then don't charge that amount, right? If it comes naturally for you, like, yeah, we do, you know, our event is $49. But if you, you know, come to the previous event, then you get 30% off or whatever. Yep. You'd be able to say it confidently. I love this. I I think... I think you hit it on so many good points. And one that's often forgotten about is your time that you took to to put the event, all of the pre-work, the post-event the post event follow-ups, the, the during the event itself, to your point, making sure that whether you're facilitating or you're working the room, making sure, connecting women with each other, making sure everyone's having a great time answering questions. That's something I learned as well is like, okay, I, I think it is worth it to charge because if I were to charge, if I were to like, Put, put my hourly rate for what I charge for consulting or coaching and and multiply by that by the, the amount of hours that it takes to organize an event, I'd have to charge a lot more actually. <laughs> but like, yeah. it, but it just puts things in perspective. Like, oh, I'm, you know, my time is my time. So if anyone's struggling out there, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to charge. Think about your time. You're, you're the, the least renewable resource on the planet and, and, and compensate yourself for your time. In, in yeah, absolutely. Like. There are also, you also have to remember too, that you're doing work to prep for this. You know, you're yes. sending out emails. So that's much. time. You're updating a website. You're yep. interviewing workshop speakers. You're putting together panelists. You know, you're oh. putting so much of your time, like just to get things going, let alone setting up for the workshop, breaking yes. down after the workshop. So people may just see three hours of them being there. But it takes so much mm-hmm. to get things mm-hmm. going, you know? And I mean, this just goes for business in general. All the all the prep work that you did in the beginning, like finding the people to come to the event, making yeah. sure that they're all on the same page, you know? Yeah. So everything that you've done to build relationships with people in the past to bring them into this room to benefit the other women in there is also time that goes into that. Absolutely. I, you know, I've had some members, this is just how amazing these women are, like volunteer to help me. And you know what? I take them up on it. I'm like, yeah, that would be wonderful. My friend Morgan is like, do you want me to come early and help you set up? Yes, please. And, and help me calm my nerves. Be, you know, be, be also like, you know, moral support, you know, and, and, you know, I, I totally welcome, she's helped me the past two events, like coming before and has just been a godsend just in terms of moral support. And then actually just like, like, do you think the charcuterie table looks good? Should we set up the drinks this way instead? And so like, if people offer to help and it it feels like a a good, like, you know, exchange of energy or exchange there, like take them up on it. Because I think also people genuinely do want to help and, and see what you're doing. And they're like, wow, she's doing a lot. Like I'd love to be contribute and be part of this too, in a bigger way. So that's yeah. something I've just been so grateful for. I had another woman volunteer to like run the online community. Like, oh, I'm getting a lot of ads. Like, we need a Facebook group. And I'm like, it's just another thing for me to manage people. Lovely idea, but I would love to have a community manager. Anyone interested, <laughs> you know? So she and someone volunteered to like help with that. So anyway, I guess if if help comes your way, like really consider it. It would be my advice and 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 find a way to like take people up on it if it if it feels right. 
Yeah, this actually is a really important what you said right now, Holly, because people need to understand that the first people in your world are those that you want to assign to certain things. Yeah. Because they love you. They love what you're doing. They want to be involved. And so by saying like, yes, thank you so much. Like you are my community manager. That gives them like skin in the game now, you know? Yeah. They are more likely to tell their friends to come to your events. They're more likely to promote about it, post about it, tag you. Those are your raving fans. So when you're just starting off, you want to get as many of those people as you can to just help and love you so much. Like-minded collective has like, is a general community, but I have communities like niche communities And before I launched those, I asked because I could not like manage all of them, obviously. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking for ambassadors to run these communities who's interested. And a lot of the people who are my early, early, early users Mm. were like, yes, I want in. I want in. And so now they have women over 40. They have moms, podcasters, military spouses, in-person events, coaches. I mean, all these communities that are run by other people. It's the best way to bring more people into your world and to make them stay. Yes. Yes. Because then they just become really vested. And that's yes. what that's what I want is people to be like, God, I look for every month for this event so much because X, Y, Z, whatever reason it is. But like, yes. Okay. I mean, clearly this could be like a three hour podcast. <laughs> but one more question. And then I want to move into... I want to move into more like I'm looking for a community and and that side of it. But, you know, you've been doing these in-person events now for, you know, this year and, and you've learned a ton. How do you continue to keep them interesting, get people engaged? Like some of the things, some of the reasons I don't, maybe I might not go back to another event is I'm like, well, it's the same every time or, Um, Maybe I'm not taking away as much as I hoped, but part of that is on me, you know, also, but maybe how do you get, I guess, how do you keep things like fun, engaging and interesting? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's part of the reason why I do networking, workshopping and brainstorming. So I'm hoping that people don't just come to build their network. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that they come to feel like a sense of like, oh my gosh, yes, I get to hang out with my friends instead of like, oh, I've already met everybody in this room, you know, kind of shifting that. And then the workshops, it's always about something new. So I had a community building panel with my girlfriends when they came here in that Airbnb. I had a like tapping workshop, which was amazing Mm -hmm. by one of the girls in the community. I had a social media and like collaboration workshop. I'm doing a wellness workshop. January, I'm doing a vision board. So I'm like incorporating different things into the event to where people are like, oh, that sounds cool. Oh, that sounds cool. It's not just the same. And as entrepreneurs and business owners, we always have issues in our business that we need help in a sounding board. So the brainstorming aspect of it also really helps make sure that people go because they're like, okay, I have like an hour to chat with people and maybe get some ideas from other people, talk about my problems, my issues, do some market research. That's why I have it set up that way. It's not just networking. For me, I just felt like unless I really worked hard to like connect them in a friendship way, it would be easier to say like, oh, I can't go this month. But if there's something valuable, they're more likely to come. Yeah. That, and that's, I love that you have those three pillars, if you will. 
the networking, the brainstorming and the workshops, like one of those three flavors would apply to each of your events. Is, Is that what you, is that your approach? So every event has all three. All three. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we do, like I said, I'm an introvert. So I like hate walking into a room and being like a deer in headlights. And this is like mm-hmm. something really good that you should do if you're starting like in-person events or want to start in-person events. You want to make sure that whoever walks in your door within one step, you're like saying hello. Yes. Hi, how are you? Give them instructions. Here, come and take a plate, get some charcuterie, put your stuff down at a table, and let me introduce you to Holly. Mm-hmm. She is a coach for early stage founders. And this is, you know, Diana. She does, she's a self-mastery coach, you know? So I'm kind of like facilitating conversation with people. Mm-hmm. And so we do that for like the first like 15 minutes as people walk in. Then we do curated networking. So like everybody, co- I guess like introduction. So everybody comes in, they sit, then we go around the room and yeah. I make people say their name, where they live in Orange County. Some come from LA, some come from San Diego too, and their business. And then I ask a fun like icebreaker question. You know, what have I asked? Like red vines or Twizzlers was one of them. Sweet or salty? How do you, like, what is your form of self-care? What is your definition of community? You know, conversations that come up. So I have them do that. And then we take a five minute break. They use the restroom, they get some more food and then the workshop starts. Mm. So we do a workshop for about 30, 45, 45 minutes or so. Then we take another five minute break for restroom and food. And then we do brainstorming. So the brainstorming is either in small groups, depending on how many people. And I assign people. So if they're sitting at a table together, they don't get to brainstorm together because I want them to meet different people. So I assign people and then they go. If it's a smaller group, like the 10 person um, events, we just all kind of brainstorm together. So everybody had about five, six minutes. So every single event has all three. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Very well organized. That's eventually where I see my going as well is, is something more organized with the, I love the workshop aspect. I I love that. And there's so many good teachers out there that can talk, come talk about whatever topic it is that your community wants. Yes. Um, Awesome. And it's really well to bring in the members that come to the events and have them teach. So if you know of somebody who does, you know, something really cool, Mm -hmm. then you can ask them like, Hey, I'm looking for people to teach a workshop. Would you be interested? They get a free ticket. You can give them a discount code to give to their friends and just like bring more people in. Because if you're facilitating everything, you can only talk about it too much, right? Yes. So where other people are taking ownership of aspects in your business. And this goes for, you know, like we were talking about before, virtual or in-person. When you give somebody else, like my workshop speakers that I bring into my community, I give them a code to where like, or a link to where they can share about the event too. So Mm -hmm. this just goes into like collaborations and partnerships and things to grow your community, but it's a great way to bring more eyes into your business. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. That's incredibly helpful. And I hope people are fierce. I'm going to have to remind people to take, to bring their notebooks to, when they listen to this podcast, because there's so much, there's so much in here involved. Thank you. Thank you. One thing. Okay. Pivoting over to someone that's like, yeah, I, 
I don't think I want to start a community, but I want to go find a, a couple of more, a couple more groups to help me like branch out. Like I, I hang around the same people all the time. Like, how can I go? How can someone go find their people? Like, what would you say to someone who's looking to find their people? Reach out. Don't be afraid. And just be as genuine as you possibly can. So like I said, when I first started DMing people on the Like Minded Collective account, I said like, hey, my name is so-and-so. This is what I'm launching. I would love your email address. I'm not like beating around the bush. How are you doing? You know, so if you, I mean, we could talk about business and personal communities because I think both are super important. Mom communities, fitness communities, you know, church communities, religious communities, any sort of community that you want to put yourself into or business related communities where it can be, you know, early stage. It can be for social media managers. It can be for creatives. It could be for um, women who are looking to fundraise any community. I would try to reach out first to individuals that you find. So on LinkedIn, if there's a community that you're really looking into and you're like, oh, I want to join this community, search for it on LinkedIn and maybe connect with a couple people who have that community on their LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm really looking like 10th house is an amazing community. Hey, I'm looking to join 10th house. I see that you're a part of it. I would love to chat and see how your experience is with that. I see that you're also located in Orange County, California. That would be a great way to just like start to make relationships, start to get like on phone calls or like Zooms with people and make it super short because, you know, nobody wants to get on like a 30, 45 hour long Zoom, just 15 minutes. And if people want to, they will. And if they don't, then they won't. But if you start to connect with people and then you join the community, then you kind of know people there, you're commenting, you feel more comfortable, you go to their virtual networking events. So that is one way that I would say is just reach out individually to people who are part of communities that you're interested in. If you want to just dive into the community, which is also great, dive in and same thing, post about exactly what you're looking for. Do an intro post. Say, I'm looking for other moms in Orange County who, you know, are solo founders Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and try to connect with more people like that. There's also like referrals. So if you know of somebody who you're already connected with and you see them posting about a community, then you can say like, Hey, I would love to learn more about this and join them. Yeah. Exactly. That happened to me today. I was on Instagram and I saw this woman that I met through NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners. I met her through that. And I'm like, wait, what is this group that she's part of? Like, I want to know more. So I'm totally going to DM her and be like, Kimberly, can you please tell me more about this? So I, I agree, like dive in or do your research or reach out. I mean, honestly, like going to, if you're looking for local events that are in person, Honestly, like I went to like Minneapolis business, women and business owners. I think I just even started there just searching on keywords of the people or the groups that I was looking for to see what would come up. And, you know, this is a smaller community. So there was limited things that came up and that's where I was like, well, I want to start my own thing. And, yeah. but I think like Google and just like going to an event, seeing if it's your vibe, like, you know, I know going to events can be scary for, for people that might not be naturally like you know, where it doesn't feel as natural. Like for me, I don't care. I'll go by myself and I'll walk away with five new friends like that. (laughs) But I know that not everyone's wired that way, especially our our introverted friends, right? So going alone and going to this brand new group can feel really scary. So that's where I love your approach of maybe reaching out or finding someone so that you automatically have like 
you've made like a friend, even if it's mm-hmm. just online or virtually. So when you get there, you can like say, Hey, I'm going to be there. And you can, kind of, you can look for them and you already know someone. Exactly. Um, I, I also that. think that a really great way, like if you put yourself out there to go to an event by yourself, the one thing I say is like, if I see two people talking, cause it's easier to go and interject in a like two or three person group already, as opposed to making one-on-one conversation with somebody. And sometimes it can be like pulling teeth. So I always find like two or three people and I'm like, Hey, can I join you guys? My name is Inval, you know? Yeah. And it's always like, Hey, can I join you? Hey, can-? they're never going to say no. No, because and everyone knows that's why you're there. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So doing that, I will say this, Facebook groups is great, but I looked for like women entrepreneurs in Orange County and it was like tons of real estate professionals mm-hmm. and like insurance brokers and loan officers, which is financial why advisors. I start my own. Yes. Yep. Financial advisors. And I'm like, there's yep. nothing for like founders. So another option is really to just like ask around. So if you're a founder, just ask around, ask anybody, because it really could be like your neighbor who's a mom, her daughter could be a part of a community. So like really just talk about it. This kind of like, I want to revert back really fast. If you have a community, make it super easy for women to bring other people in. Mm. So my, I have a membership for my community too, where we do like more workshops, brainstorming, hot seat coaching, and everybody is allowed to bring a guest. So if I know that one of my elite members is having a connection call with somebody and they talk about like Mind Collective, she's able to bring a guest for free. And so like, if you start posting that you're interested in communities, somebody could be like, oh, hey, I'm a part of an awesome one that you can come for free and just try it out. That's also a good way to bring people in, you know, and to find your people. But you have to just shout about it from the rooftops, like everything, you know? Yes. Find reader. If you want something, ask for it, talk about it, post about it. And, you know, and also here's one more thing. It doesn't have to be a full-blown community. You know, you can reach out to like two people and say like, Hey, let's just like be each other's accountability partners. Let's just connect Mm -hmm. and make our own, you know, little community. It could be of moms. It could be, you know, business owners. It could be really like three people that could also be community. Yes, absolutely. I I think, yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be this big blown out, you know, major thing. It can be, yeah. let's create like, you know, a small little group where we have coffee once a week or not. Yes. I mean, once a week would be great. Once a month, whatever, yes. whatever works. I see, you know, I see a lot of retired people doing that. Like there's coffee shops in my neighborhood and oh, I wow. see this one group of like little old men at the coffee shop and I'm like, like regularly, like the same group. And, and I have thought to myself, like they must be on some kind of cadence and I bet they're all retired or they all used to work together. And here they are like meeting on a regular basis to keep, keep, keep up with each other or to keep in touch. And I I think just like the core, you know, in, in coming around to the closes, I, what the pandemic taught a lot of us was that humans are social creatures. We aren't meant to be isolated. We aren't meant to be alone. We aren't meant to go through life figuring everything out on our, on our own. You know, we need community. It's science has proven that, you know, having communities and, and, and being with others, it increases our, our wellness, our longevity, our lifespans. So I guess the whole point is like, if someone's out there listening and it's like, gosh, you know, I just am really in an alone time in my life reach out, reach out to Inval, reach out to me. We are not here 
as humans to go through life alone and we can help. So that, that's one thing that just like, when I think of community, like we, we need each other. Yeah. One more thing too, try to find co-working spaces because co-working spaces are a great way to meet people. Co-working spaces have lunch and learns where you can connect with people. They have happy hours. They have networking events. Put yourself in situations where you're around other like-minded people too. And maybe it's like you teaching a workshop at this co-working space and getting more people like in your world, you know? Yeah. But I think co-working spaces are great. Especially yep. just to get out of the house and just work somewhere too. I know. I, I agree. Well, Inval, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you're like, oh, I just want to, I want to, you know, say one more thing and then let, we'll get to how, how do people join? How do people find you? But is there anything else we didn't cover today that you want to, you want to bring up? I really just want to just remind everybody that community is a feeling, And it's not your membership. It's not your audience. It's not your social media following. It's really the way that you make people feel when they're surrounded by other people in your world. So when you're thinking of community like that, just like I said, really pour into one person, two people, the first five people that join your community, just to make sure that they know that you care about them as human beings. And I just like, people forget that a lot of the time once they start to dive in. So just really remember that, write that down and focus on that when you're building um, your community every single day. Love it. Yes. Human beings. And, and it's a feeling. Yes. Yes. Community is a feeling. Well, thank you, Inval. Where can people find you online? How can they learn more about like-minded collective? Tell us all the things. Awesome. So my Instagram is at Inval Claudio. The like-minded collective one is at like.minded.collective and all the links are in there. You can go to likemindedcollective.com to join for free. And I am an open book. So reach out, connect with me, ask me any questions. I'm here to help. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for your time and all of the wisdom that you dropped. Truly, this was a very like valuable uh, episode. And, and like I said, I had to like, I have to balance myself between conducting an interview versus like, taking taking notes and making action items for myself. So <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Holly, for having me. This is awesome. Yes. Thank you. Are you curious if your business idea will actually work? Don't worry. I've got you. Your best business idea starts here at hollynoll.com slash free. Go to the link and download my free business action guide. In this guide, you'll map your skills and expertise to build a profitable business idea. You'll solidify an irresistible offer that turns contacts into clients. And you'll implement my step-by-step framework to quickly land your very first client. Thank you for joining me this week on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I am truly grateful to you. For more information on today's episode and this podcast, visit hollynoll.com slash podcast, where you can find links discussed in the shows and connect directly with my guests. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed today's show, share your rating on iTunes, or if you'd rather tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. And remember, check out my free business action guide at hollynoll.com slash free, or for more business building tools, visit the consultant code on Instagram. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.